Hi. Hello, Isaac. Hello. Coming on. And we just want to ask you a couple questions or whatever regarding life, life in prison, what and what you're doing after now. But could you just fat, rewind, go back in time and let us tell us, a, you know, some background history about you, you know, what I'm saying and what led you to life as you have behind bars? Well, first of all, uh, my parents, Catherine Rose Brown and Isaac Bogan, uh, those are my parents. They raised me and they taught me well. Um, mm -hmm. First and most important thing in any family is God in the household. Yeah. So I was taught from a baby um, about God. My mom was a Sunday school teacher. So it's not that I didn't know right from wrong or anything like that. I dibbled and dabbled and dug into the lifestyle that I chose to live because I felt that our life was a square life. I'll put it like that. Um, mm -hmm. I wanted what Bebe and them had. And I don't know why, because they didn't have much, but mm -hmm. I wanted what they had as far as the rough lifestyle. I didn't live a rough lifestyle at all. I never mm -hmm. lived in the projects. We've always owned a house. You know right. what I'm saying? We never went hungry because back then it was family looked out for family for real. You know, mm -hmm. if you didn't have nothing, you didn't call Auntie. You could be straight up. We, we don't have it. You know what I'm saying? And everybody would kick in. Yes. And that's just how we played it. Um, Anyway, I started looking at the wrong role models, people that I knew that were in the life, the good life, living the good life, that were teaching me the right things and stuff. Those are the people I started to shun and get away from because it was like, I wanted to know what this other side was. Mm -hmm. And um, I started looking at the nice, fancy cars, first of all, like Salty Dog. Marion Stone, you know, old school dudes that the new guys don't know that the younger generation know anything about us. They're related or they just hear by conversation. They hear about the old school people. Um, anyway, I was looking up to the wrong people. Mm -hmm. Point blank. Um, I'm not gonna say how, many, how many people did you have in your household, um, brothers and sisters? Wise? I, had, I was the oldest. I'm okay. in the middle of the family of seven. I'm a middle child. I had four younger siblings mm -hmm. i had um, three younger siblings excuse me three younger siblings un underneath me that i was responsible for because mm -hmm. my older brothers and sisters well my sister for number one she knew what she wanted mm -hmm. and she went after it right now she's a dean at uh boston massachusetts university and she's oh. been there like for 35 years and she's wow. well off to do you know she's the breadwinner of the family my oldest brother, excuse me, um, he never wanted the responsibility. <laughs> I'll put it to you like that. Yeah. <laughs> he was just there, uh, mm -hmm. basically. Mm -hmm. So I know my brother, but I don't know my brother because he never did the things with me that an older brother does. You know, oh, right. As far as teaching me about life, about teaching me how to be a, a, just a, a kid. You know, mm -hmm. um, as I got older, it, it even went more distant. So 
the things I was missing, my other brother, my second oldest brother, he stayed in and out of juvenile and prison and stuff like Total Town, St. Cloud. So I never really knew my second oldest brother neither. Okay. Um, my older sister, she went to college. She was college bound. I mean, she knew from high school. She was going to college. She knew exactly what she wanted to be. She had like three or four different trades, uh, occupations that she wanted to do. And then she fell back on school. It, it came back on school. But she was originally trying to be a doctor, a surgeon. That's what mm -hmm. she was trying to be. Um, she, Like I said, she knew what she wanted to, to do. So she was doing her thing. In the meantime, I'm the oldest and I'm the closest person to me is my first cousin, you know? So everything I learned from family is from my first cousin. He's like two years older than me, you know what I'm saying? So I learned what I could learn from him. Uh, How old are you now? I'm 63 now. And I'll okay. be 64 nice. next you month. You look good. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, this only by the grace of God. And because if I would have been out in the streets and I wouldn't have went to prison. There's no telling. I wouldn't be here. I know I wouldn't be here. Okay. Satan would have used me, and I would have did something. I would have got killed. And I would have died. And I would have went to hell, and that's just been the end of the story. Right. You know what I'm saying? But um, getting back to your question, I didn't have the role model that I wanted to follow on the positive side. I thought that y'all's too good. Y'all don't make this kind of money. I'm looking at the money now. Y'all don't make nowhere near this money. Mm -hmm. What you make in a week, I can make this like in two hours. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that started taking my interest and I started looking at the money aspect. I didn't really look at the consequences. I didn't care about the consequences. This is what you no. have to do to have this. Well, I'm all in. I'm, I'm, you know, the glitter. It yeah, was there. The I glitter was fly. there. So I, it attracted me. So I started learning the lifestyle. Um, yes, I failed a lot of times, but when you want to do something, you get right back on them and you do it, you know, yeah. until you're successful or until at least you're average at it. You know what I'm saying? Well, with me and everybody that knows, they know that I don't do nothing half, you know. I just don't do nothing to have, but I'm trying to right. refrain from cussing because I know I can have the potty mouth and it's not a potty <laughs> mouth show. So <laughs> I, I'm challenging my thinking at the same time that I'm talking. <laughs> but um, what uh, I wanted to say is that to the younger generation is that the household that most of us live in is balanced with God and with family. Uh, and your family your grandmother and stuff like that. Usually if a family is together, mm. everybody's together. Everybody's on the same page. It's not like you're my children and I'm, I, I'm not close to my mother. Mm -hmm. So you're not close to your grandmother. There's wow. no connection. So if there's no connection, then you just chopped off all. Mm -hmm. A whole bunch of generations and a whole bunch of knowledge and a whole bunch of wisdom. Okay. Mm -hmm. So your kid don't know because you don't know. Right. Because you're being rebellious. So you you stop your child from getting all that mm -hmm. information. You know what I'm saying? And 
that hurts a child because a child learns his morals and stuff from his parents. Yes. They define it from your grandparents, okay, from your uncles, from your aunts, you know, from your, your cousins that are older than you, your third, fourth, fifth, sixth cousins. If you can even go that far, you learn from family. But when you don't have family, you don't have nothing to work with. Right. You only can work with what you got. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't unfortunate like that. Like I said, I went out of my way to do mm -hmm. dirt. You know what I'm saying? To learn. What was the first thing that you did that you would consider uh, dirt? Still an hour Still an hour storm on my mom. As a shorty, I think I was like seven or something. For mm -hmm. most of us, I know what Spartan Atlantic is and where it was. It was on Lexington Austin University mm -hmm. where the Audis is. There used to be mm -hmm. a little mall there. Okay. And anyway, uh, I went in there yeah, of course, I like toys. I love cars. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, back then in the 60s, you know, mom didn't have money to just buy cars. You know what I'm saying? We had to eat. We needed clothes. It was, it was three of us. It was four of us all together. Plus, like I said, we had a house. You know, we paid rent. My mom was a single parent. You know, she was doing it. You know, she did what she needed to do, clean houses, whatever. Mm -hmm. to make ends meet, you know? And as I got a little older, I was like, you know, my daddy helped out. He gave money. And then, but that ain't like being in the house. You right. Know what I'm yeah, you came and you got me and you did things. And I love you for it. And I respect you for that. And you never taught me anything wrong. You know what I'm saying? I never see my dad get angry. You know, even when he got confronted at his job and it was a racist situation when I was a child. My dad never let me see him get angry. That was a big thing. Yeah, I knew my dad could get angry, but it took a whole lot for him to sh actually show and to anger. do the anger part because it just wasn't in it. And mm -hmm. the same thing with my mom. She was the same way. If you took her to that limit and you crossed that line and you really had to go far over that line, mm -hmm. well, you got it. You know what I'm saying? I remember I got into a fight in grade school. And it was relative to yours. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like I say, they know. And I don't have to say their name. The whole neighborhood knows it. For those that don't know, you just all know the situation. Because um, I don't like to put people on the spot like that. I, I had to get out of that. Because I used to be really judgmental. And I still am in some ways. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But it's nowhere near how it was. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And I thank God for that. Because he is the one that softened my heart and helped me change that because mm -hmm. I couldn't do it on my own because mm -hmm. I hold resentments. I mean, I've hold resentment since five years old and I didn't get rid of it until after I went to treatment and I did the fifth step. You know what I'm saying? I just cried my butt off because I was wrong. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I put my stepdad to hell. <laughs> you know, I didn't okay. like him. I didn't like him. I didn't respect him. You didn't respect your kids. You didn't raise your kids. He just wasn't there. You know what I'm saying? And my dad was. So it was a thing where I learned at an early age. It's like, this is my dad. This is your dad. And you can't have my time. 
you can't have none of my time, matter of fact. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Why don't you talk to your dad? Why don't you confront your dad? Why don't you ask your dad why didn't you do these things or that thing? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But that never was the case. I was the only one that was outspoken. Oh, you know, okay. So I was the one that would ask their dad, how come you don't come bring them Christmas presents? How come you don't come on their birthdays? How come you don't do this? How come you don't do that? What's up with you? Stop coming over to our house. Stop eating up our food. You ain't bringing up no food. You know what ooh, I'm saying? Ooh. I was the one that was, that's, that was me. You know, yeah. anybody that knows me, they know that's me. My right. mouth is my weapon. My mouth is my strongest you, weapon. You mentioned um, you glamorized like seeing the old school living a glamorous life or the glitz and the glamour and stuff like that. And that just took me back to my um young age 10 11 12 watching that, that type of action in chicago you know what mm -hmm. i'm saying watching the you know pimps and big time dealers you know i didn't know what they were doing per se to have gold jewelry lots of money and glamorous cars you know what i'm saying so what did you um do to want to be in that kind of lifestyle what was the activities you did to get into that lifestyle or be in that lifestyle you know what i mean if I'm leading up to that, well, for well, for me being as young as I was, I didn't. I knew a lot of people through my dad because mm -hmm. my dad was a hustler. Okay, mm -hmm. he's a legend himself. Um, he best pool player in Minnesota for real. Everybody know it because can't nobody whoop him. So I got right. to say that. Um, and if you did whoop him, don't worry about it because you you felt it next time you play. You know what I'm right. saying? So um, <laughs> that was just a setup of the overlay for the underlay. You know what right. I'm saying? So um, me being young, there was only so much I could do. I was still quiet at one time. I I was shy, believe it or not. Um, but I wouldn't just go up to people and, and, and ask them things. What I would do was... I see they have the nice cars or whatever. And I see the rims on the cars or whatever. So I was like, okay, that's what I'm gonna do. I know that they want these rims. I know that they want these tires, these certain tires, so I can go get these. Then I can go sell them to them because they got the money. You know right. what I'm saying? I'm right. thinking like that as a kid. Okay. You know? So that's how I got in first start. I, I didn't know how to jack up a damn car, take the gloves <laughs> right. off. That's and I just seen people do it, but right. actually do it. You know, I did. And then once I found out how to do it, I was like, oh, God, oh okay, this is easy. Go get me some bricks. Go get me some big bricks and put them underneath the car. And then I right. jack the car up. And when I lay it down, it would be on top of these bricks. So right. that's what I, you know, I did. So wow. I started out, I started out getting the big money with the tires and the ramps. Okay. okay. And then after that, uh, I met somebody. He was out of Detroit, and we he showed me how to steal cars. And mm -hmm. I'm talking about not just jimmying it and tearing the car up, the ignition, all that. I'm talking about he actually showed me the business because he was in the business. What he mm -hmm. was was he was an auto thief. He was a professional auto thief. So. He would have master GM keys. I don't care what kind of car it was. He would have master keys to all these cars, right? So he could literally go up to any car and open it up and take off. He had wow. a list. Mm. He had a list of cars that the people wanted, okay? Um, and he would just go down the list and get whatever car was on the list. And, and he'd just call them and tell them. 
I got it. And he take it and stash it and they come and get it and they kick us out, right? Okay. How much was they giving out for a car? They was giving like five, seven. It depended on what kind of car it was, depending on what kind of money you got. Wow. So I mean so what I would could you make, say what would I you could, say per month you guys was like car wise? How when we start when we started out, I would make like eighteen hundred. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about seventy four. We're talking about 73. So you know the the value of a dollar back then. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't know what to do with all this money. You know what I'm saying? I just had. Okay. Um, So yeah, some of my relatives, they knew what time it was. And they were like, why don't you borrow me this? Why don't you borrow me that? I'm like, okay. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Fixing up the houses and you know I can't tell too much about family business. Right. <laughs> it's okay. ideal, you know what I'm saying? So right. uh, instead of them like telling my mom and, and, or my dad or my grandma or somebody to get me back on track, you know, they mm-hmm. were like reaping the benefits. Right. The negative way. They was mm-hmm. really out for themselves. They were really just using me to get what they need. You exactly. know? And as a kid, I didn't know what wow. the hell was going on i just love my people you know if i can help you and i help you i know you always helped the other word little but it was a larger than that they mm-hmm. knew right from wrong they knew what they were doing you know what i'm saying so it took like about a couple months it only took a couple months and i started figuring things out it's like i wonder if they're gonna tell <laughs> you know, because I'm I'm steady getting more money now, you know. And so I'm, my thing is, my mom finding out I'm out of town. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I'm going to East St. Louis. I'm going to St. Louis, and I'm the jumping traffic. these cars. You know, I'm the trafficking. You know, I'm I'm going to Detroit. I'm going to West Side. I'm 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 in the money now. You know, and I'm like 15, 16 years old. I'm on the highway. Wow, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm taking, I'm going with my guy. I'm following him, but we're on the highway. We're going through these tolls. Or there's so many incidents that I face where I could have got pulled over. There's only God, the grace of God. God was watching over me without being a damn fool. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and it started getting dangerous because when the highway patrol cars would get a car on the hot list or whatever they would chase us. We were like running up and down the highway. Or I can't say what kind of cars, but you know they were like Jaguars, four hundred and fifty SLs, and things like this. And wow. they could do the speed limit. They could outrun this quad car if you knew how to really drive. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. um, those a couple incidents like that were, you know, I had to to drive you know what i'm saying and, and was that was that your main source of income at that time when you were younger no <laughs> i was not nice i was not proud of anything and i'm laughing because it hurts mm-hmm. i'm not laughing because it's funny i'm laughing because it hurts i'm laughing because it's sad it's like how did you go from learning how to play sports better than average really good to mm-hmm. this i'm like Kwame McDonald, he passed away, but Kwame McDonald was my main mentor. 
you know what I'm saying, at the time. Kwame had hooked it up where I could get a basketball scholarship and I could have either went in high school instead of St. Paul Central. I could have went to Brett, St. Paul Academy, Creighton, you know, I could have went and I could have played ball. I could have been well off to do. Um, after I decided to stay at Central, I was there for 11th grade. I got cut in 12th grade because I did not go to all classes. I hated math. I didn't mm -hmm. like geometry, algebra, none of that. Because when I was the smart, the smart mouth guy, I'm like looking at all this algebra, this driveway stuff that we're doing all it is basic math you just dressing it up making it right filthy. i'm not going to go through all this to get this just tell me through mm -hmm. adding multiply whatever i do um and to get the answer i'm not going to do all these formulas you know right. i just wasn't in i wasn't that kid you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. i wanted to be an electrician and i wanted to be an architect but mm -hmm. you had to know your yeah, math and yeah. to able to do this so that cross that out you know what mm -hmm. i'm saying because i wasn't willing to do it um but long story short is that i uh i made a lot a lot of money went through my hands mm -hmm. um and you know what they say a fool and his money will soon perish Part. you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. i didn't i didn't have it wasn't meant for me to know what to do with that large sum of money because all right. of what it did was expand it into more criminal activity. Mm -hmm. So, no, God didn't give me or allow me to figure that part out because it just would have just how, grew. It just would have grew. How and when did your parents find out what you were doing? Um, one day I was at basketball practice and I came home and there was this girl, she was pregnant on the couch when I came home. And I thought it was one of my mom's friends. So, you know, when it's your mom said she got company, you high and hit it all upstairs, you know? So that's basically what I did, right? All of a sudden I hear all this crying and my mom, you better get downstairs. Uh -huh. I'll fly downstairs. And I still don't recognize the girl because I haven't seen her in about four or five months because that was like the last time I was in Detroit. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, Because I had been going to St. Louis running cars because they were paying me more money. I was going where the money was going. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So um, I get down there and see who it is. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm <laughs> like, because I don't know what she's told my mom. You know what mm. I'm saying? So and I, I already know she done told my mom I was in Detroit, you know, so I'm already in trouble. <laughs> how, old was I, how old was you at the time? Uh, when you, when you 16, came? 16, getting ready to turn 17. Uh-oh. Um, but I was, I was, I was out of town and there's nobody know except for my best friend, you know, uh -huh. I would, you know, and he started asking me questions because, and it was years later. They start asking questions about where you getting the money because he's seen uh, one of my stubs for deposit for the bank, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, Nigga, where you get three grand from? Right. Like, Give me that. <laughs> <laughs> because uh -oh. you know, he's, he truly was my best friend. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. My best friend to the point to where all he knew and all he seen was we played basketball. I come over to eat, mm -hmm. you know, I know your family, we're 
you're like they're like my family. Your your parents took my mom to my yeah. first basketball game ever. My mom would always take me all around town to practice at the gym until I got really good. You know what I'm saying? But my mom never seen me play basketball. Her and my dad always heard from other people how good I was and everything, but they never actually went to a game. Okay. One day I had a game and my best friend, uh, bro, his parents went and got my mom after work. And my mom worked until we get out of school and then she, you know, she tired. She ready to go knock. She ain't gonna think about no game. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. they talked her into coming to my game. So we have a big game. And yeah, I'm the star. I'm mm-hmm. one of the better players, the best player on the team, you know, because without me, we don't win this this faith is quit playing i don't have to brag i just do what i do mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so anyway it's like when i recognize because i always am there to play for my best friend's parents it's my parents who are there and i knew the sacrifices that my mom made and stuff yeah. and i know that she wanted to be there and stuff but i had to um adapt I had to uh, improvise I had to do things that I needed to do to play good you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? so I played for his parents yeah so and they're always there I don't care where we go to play they're at every game you know and I'm looking and I, and I don't see them and I asked my friend I'm like where your mom where your dad they can't find it he said oh they're coming and I know they're coming but when they get there, it's like the first quarter is over. And I look up where they usually sit and I see my mom. Mm. It, it, just hit, it just hit me so hard. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I knew what she did to come. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I'm like, I'm so grateful. Mm-hmm. And I'm so thankful that I'm just nervous. I know I can't mm-hmm. function. <laughs> I just can't get myself together. Right. So right. I'm at the line, the free throw line. I, I shoot like 89, not 89, like 92%, mm-hmm. 89% from the free throw line. So I make almost all my free throw. I want you to follow me. I'm telling the team I got fouled. Stop me anyway. So just follow me so I can get some more points, you know? Right. So talk, I'm a trash talker, you know? So <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> I mean, the whole school, I would antagonize every school, every gym I went, I would antagonize, you know, right. what, what kind of player I was. I was a good player, but I like to trash talk. So mm-hmm. anyway, I get the free throw line and I shoot an air ball. I'm talking about nowhere near close. It was like a <laughs> foot and a half short. From the, I ain't never shot an uh-uh. air ball like that. You know what I'm saying? And my coach is looking at me like, what this what was that? You know, right. the whole team is looking at me like, what what you doing? And so I go to shoot the second one. And I come up it's still almost the same distance, right? What? And I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> you know, this I'm embarrassed. You Look, you like, saying? wait, you I, like mom, I don't want I don't want you to see this, mom. Not right. <laughs> this ain't okay. what I this ain't what I do, you know. Right. So, I'm like all the cheerleaders and stuff. They're like drop their mouth, like what, 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 you know, like we need these points. <laughs> what you doing, missing? <laughs> the game is the game is close, and we're trying to get ahead. You know what I'm saying? So it took me like about 
the coach had to call a timeout. And he asked me, he said, what the hell is wrong? And I, right. I couldn't say what it Get was. Get you together. Right. But my best friend, he's like, his mom is here. It's, this is first game. She never seen him play. So he's like, okay, get it together. Get it together. Get it together. But it took me like about a little, it took until halftime, really, mm-hmm. for me to come out to be comfortable and poised and to do what I do. Right. But yeah, that was one of the emotional, proud moments. My mom, she passed away in 79 of cancer. Mm-hmm. She was 51. Oh, and my mom was my everything. You know, that plays into a lot of the reason why um, I made the decisions that I made. I was angry. I was mad at God. I was mad at everybody. Yeah. It's like, don't talk to me. And if you disrespect my mom, I felt sorry for you because I, yeah. I get out on you. I literally, mm-hmm. I got kicked out of the King Center for indefinitely until I was able to show them that, you know, I had dealt with my pain with my mom and stuff. Mm-hmm. The same thing at Oxford, you know, I, I, all these gyms because I was so angry. It was like, if you tried to take my game, I would just look for a reason to fight. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was, you didn't have to do much. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I ended up beating up my own cousin that I didn't even know was my cousin. And the family got together and they just told me, look, you you, you got to, we understand you, you're hurt about your mom. That's life. And they started talking to me and I started listening. You know, I started listening to the point to where I stopped fighting. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Everything else was, I was still angry. You know, mm-hmm. I had to find my way. And it took all the way up until I committed my crime. It took like 15 to, to 12 years for me to really deal with my mom. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And mm-hmm. then after that 15 years, I didn't really, really deal with my core issues of death and about my my mom until I was till 2003. I was locked up in 81. Okay. Okay. I was so how much, how much time did you get at the well, time? I got a life sentence. I got 99 years, which is wow. a life sentence. So no, no one has never got out of prison for committing the crime that I committed. Okay. Shows- back, go back. So you got sentenced before they had Life parole, right? You was under the parole what, what, board. What they did was, I'm just gonna just come out straight out, and I'm just gonna let chips lie where they lie, and I know how to be respectful, and I know how to deal with the situation. So I'm just gonna deal with the situation. For number one, I'm gonna say this: in 1981, August 25th, I shot and killed Officer Miller, Richard P. Miller, mm-hmm. in a cowardly and in a violent death, I, I shot and I killed him. And I take responsibility for that. And there's, I don't never glorify. I Because you can't glorify, how can you glorify something that you can't give back, which is life? Right. Like I said, I'm a man of God. I, yeah, I fell off, I backslid, I fell off. But it's a thing about your soul convicts mm-hmm. you. Yes. And that's what was going on with me. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, from the minute I did it was the minute that I repented. It, it was, I wasn't in that much of a shock that I didn't know what I just did. Mm-hmm. I immediately touched souls 
and only um, people what, that what know, the, only people that know what I'm getting ready to say are people that have actually been through this. Okay. What so were what the I'm, what were the events that led up to the? Well, what was what the event? Um, I started digging the hole. I started uh, playing uh, cops and robbers with the police, and they were getting tired of me. Okay, oh. um, they threatened me. And, the individuals know who they are that are dead, that are retired. I know they're all retired. There's no way we could still be working on the force now. Right. Um, but they know what part they play. It's mm -hmm. no excuse for what I did, but they know what part they play mm -hmm. uh, in my actions and in my thinking. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I hate what I did. I regret what I did, but I can't change what I did. Only right. thing I can do is change myself mm -hmm. only thing i can do for my victim's family is to never to reoffend ever in life again and hurt right. another family the way i hurt the miller family okay oh. um all i can do is i can't never make up what i did but what i can do is i can do my part so my part is this i looked the officer miller up and I found out what kind of police he was, policeman he was. I wanted to know whether he was a good cop or a bad cop. Mm -hmm. And I heard nothing but good stuff about mm -hmm. Mr. Miller. Okay? So I know I, even if he was a bad person, it would still be wrong to take his life. You know what I'm saying? But he was, he was a good person. So now I have to do what he was doing. I can't do all what he was doing. But I have to play a part. He was doing good to the community. He was giving back to the community. He was making sure things were right in the community. I have to do what half of what he was doing, at least try to do half of what he was doing, right. plus do what I'm doing. So I have to do what God tells me to do. I have to be obedient. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Plus I have to do his share. So I'm constantly around the clock, mm -hmm. you know, wherever I can help somebody or give somebody some advice or something within reason. I do that. You know, I don't let people uh, take advantage of me or anything because God doesn't make stupid right. people neither. He gives you discernment. You know what I'm saying? You to use that according to how the Holy Spirit talks to you. And you know the difference between what God is talking to you and what Satan is talking to you. Right. right. I mean, will God say this out of his mouth? No. Mm -hmm. So I kick you in the head, going back where you're supposed to be at, dude. And I call Satan dude. Okay. Okay. Well, you know what? <laughs> you said they gave you life. So what yeah, was your yeah. state of mind in, in, in the courtroom when they sentenced you? Anger well, at you first. Feel? Anger anger not automatically anger. Okay. Um, and it's not justified anger, but it was anger. Uh, mm -hmm. shock. I don't know why it was shock, because I knew what the results was gonna be. I knew what they were gonna say, but just hearing it and, and seeing it and it's like get out of here and like go do your stuff now however you do it you do it you know but i don't care just get out of here and i get mm -hmm. on the street again mm -hmm. um that's how i felt um mm -hmm. i felt like i was never gonna see my family free again or anyone free again right. and naturally that hurt because i had a, lived a double life for so long and it caught up with me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, a lot of kids, they knew 
what I was doing, but they didn't never see what right. I was doing and what they would hear would be from other people. Mm -hmm. It would be actually, what if they asked me, I would tell them, you know, I would tell them the truth, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Um, but what hurt me was a lot of single parent homes, I was involved with a lot of kids. I mean, it, it's, it's just in me, it's just something that I do. I love kids, period, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I used to be a photographer, well I still am, but I just don't have my camera right now. But I'm, Gonna get my thirty-five million and get busy. I know they don't use that these days, but I'm going back old school, and that's what I'm gonna do. Right? Nobody laughing. I got the pictures that you don't got, so laugh about that, okay? Right. And you want what I got, so you need to laugh mm -hmm. about that. So it doesn't matter. I'm gonna do what I do. Um, what was what was it about Mr. Miller that made you go look him up? Go. It was just the fact that I killed him. I didn't know anything about him. Yeah, I know a lot of police. Like six, seven percent of my family is in law enforcement. You know what I'm saying? And it's like uh Was he was Mr. Miller black? No, he was white. He was white, okay. He was white. And so right there you can just imagine the tension, you know. So was he um I mean, how can I say? Did was he clothed, no, wearing his uniform or? Was yeah, he, he was in full uniform, uniform in this squad car and everything. It's just the lifestyle that I was living led to the incident. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm not really, I'm not at liberty to really discuss that. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you ever go back to the place of where it happened at? The scene? Yes. I, it happened on the north side. Okay. On Gerard and 17. And mm. that's right in the hood. Yeah. It's right by it's right by a church that I go to sometime, you know. So I mean, when I go on that side of town, I used to live like literally five, six blocks. Okay. From where I commit the crime. Mm. Um I literally had to not ride over there. I literally had to walk over there. I wanted to walk over there right. because I wanted not only to thank God for letting me be able to walk there again and see it there again, but to recognize, you know, my wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, so not trying to run from it, not trying to hide from it. I, mm -hmm. I face it. Yeah. You know, I did this, so I had to face it. So a lot, I hear a lot of guys, they say, if I ever get out of prison, I ain't never coming to that. Mm -hmm. To visit, to talk, to do nothing. I'm like, how, right. can, you, how can you say that? Right. right. How can you say that? Mm -hmm. If you get free, you're free. That means you could come in and you can walk out. I don't believe in good luck and bad luck. I don't believe in superstitious anything. You know right. what I'm saying? I wasn't raised like that. You know, so when people in my family do that, I'd be like, that's some devil stuff. Right. <laughs> just straight up, just bring it right back real quick. You know, okay. what you doing? That's, you believe that? You don't believe in the God you say you believe in. Your God don't have more power than dude. So who are you serving? Because mm -hmm. who you, you serve in the end, that's where you're going. You know right. who you were serving. I don't have to tell you. You know how you was living. You know what you was doing. So just suck it up and just go on where you're going. 
Right. Because there's nothing you can say. There is no defense on Judgment Day. Right. No. You're not going to say anything. You're just going to go. Because you know what you say doesn't mean anything anyway. It's not right. going to change God's mind. Nobody told you. This is a law. And this is sin. So you're released from the law. Mm-hmm. Where you can't forgive. But if you don't forgive yourself, if you don't pray and ask for God to forgive you, you know, repent and you continue to keep doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're going to go where you're supposed to go because there's not going to be any more Satan's up in heaven. Right. After Judgment Day. So, oh. yeah, he, he slipped in. God knew. <laughs> God knew. He knew everything. He knew he was going to do exactly what he did. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But he's not going to allow that to happen anymore. This is it. Yes. Did you, you ever have to deal with any of the police officers bothering you in the prison? Did they bother you while you were doing your time? They, attempt, your they, they attempted, but um, once I got a foothold on things and I figured out things and I was running things, so to say, um, I, that, that was the least of my worries. Um, when I first walked in the prison, yeah, I got a lot of slack. But like I said, my mouth was a weapon. At the time, I was a purple belt in Taekwondo, which isn't much, but is enough to do damage to keep you off me. You know what I'm right. saying? <laughs> and I was like, gun ho. I'm like, come on. You right. know, I know you're coming, so come on. We was cool right. waiting and just let's get, get this over with. You know, right. what I'm that was my attitude. Mm. You know, um, I felt I was young, I felt invincible. Oh, I didn't feel like you could hurt me like that. You know what I'm saying? Because I knew what I was capable of doing and not doing. You know what I'm saying? But it was the fact that I let you know that if you do do what you're trying to do, some of y'all going down. Mm-hmm. And I'm not playing. So don't ever come at me like that. Because if I even sense that I'm going to act out, mm-hmm. I'm just going to act out. And I'm going to act out right. to the fullest. And right. you ain't going to really ain't gonna like me. <laughs> so um, I had to subdue and really do a lot of praying. I'm like, God, I don't want to hurt nobody else. I don't want to do nothing mm-hmm. wrong. I just want to just do my time. I mean, right. I'm blessed to get out one day. You, you see that I'm doing right. Blessed to get out one day. And I just kept the faith. I just kept hope. Right. From day one, I just, I kept hope. And as soon as I walked in the, the Oak Park Heights prison, it was the first 40 people in the new prison. Mm. They just opened. They kidnapped us. Wow! Because I didn't fit. Only thing that justified them for bringing me over is supposed to be high-profile cases. Right. Okay. You went from People, Stillwater over to Oak Park immediately. I stayed. I stayed at uh, Stillwater for a basketball season, the first basketball season. Then the second basketball season, I was out of there. You know what I'm saying? And for me, because I was young. In the way Stillwater was designed back then, it was designed where people from the outside could come in with their team, their baseball team, their volleyball team, their basketball team, whatever. Wow. And we were in leagues. Okay. We were playing, but only the best of the 
the athletes that were in Stillwater could be on that team. What year? What year did they stop the people from the outside coming into the prison? To I want to say ninety five. Wow. I want to say ninety five. All the way so up to from ninety five, we we used to could have banquets. That's when your people could come in and visit for four or five hours. You could eat. You could dance. Yeah. You could yeah, all that. You know what I'm saying? But because you know, like they say. Satan doesn't do nothing but steal, kill, and destroy. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what he did. He took away yeah. our banquets because a guy, he, and he had got caught like two or three times just smuggling in drugs and just joined. He wasn't even supposed to be in the visiting room on a mm. contact visit. So that's on you. That's wow. on your administration. Y'all dropped the ball. Wow. Okay? Right. You said that this guy done got caught twice mm. for this. And you said the penalty for him getting caught a uh, second or third time is indefinite. You, you can't have visits. You, can, you just can't have no more visits. You got mm -hmm. visit behind the glass, not contact mm -hmm. visits, but right. you allowed him anyway to have these. Then he swallows a balloon. You catch him, you see him, and he chokes on the balloon oh. and he dies. Ooh. He died? He died, the guy died. You know, he, he had the balloon busted inside of them inside. Oh. you know they had him locked up they was trying to get him to throw up and try to get it out of him what did he, he have in his what did he have in his system it had to have been cocaine okay wow. either cocaine or heroin it was some hard drug okay you know i forget exactly what it was right but mm -hmm. uh, it was some hard i think it was cocaine okay um, oh. busted inside and he died anyway they stopped they put us on non-contact visits. You could sit side by side mm -hmm. and you get your hair braided, do whatever. You could have a real visit, you know what I'm right. saying? Right. But when this happened, it changed everything. Everything. Mm -hmm. everything. Across I mean, the whole state. Uh, yes, in every DOC, whatever. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, you could no longer have the physical contact with your mm -hmm. people which hurt because it destroyed a lot of relationships. Yeah. Right. Destroyed a lot of relationships with husband and wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, mm -hmm. uh, father, son, father, daughter, you name it. It mm -hmm. did destroyed. I mean, immediately it didn't take long. It, people just start stop coming. Yeah. They were discouraged. I'm not coming up to see you and I gotta sit across from you and I can't hug you and I can't do this. We can't kiss and, Bye. You know I what I'm saying? That's how, yeah. That's how it was. Yeah. That's how it was. So, in to getting into one of the questions, he was asking, "What was prison like?" First of all, prison is a whole nother world. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you from what I know. I lived it. When you come to prison, you invite a whole new system. The same system that you have in the free world, you basically have in the inside world. Mm -hmm. Only there's stimulations. Mm -hmm. Okay? There's certain things you can never do because that's your new world. Mm -hmm. And you're being judged by what you do and mm -hmm. what you don't do. Okay? Right. So if you come into prison and use tail or something, whatever, you're labeled straight up snitch. You're shunned. Mm -hmm. Some people, they don't care. That's because they're snitching too. 
Right. <laughs> so how could they right. judge you, or how could they? Right. You know, you gotta band together the best way you can. Snitches sang out with snitches. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. So, um, you're banned mm-hmm. from knowing anything for even being around serious conversations. It's like by, and if you don't go by, you're gonna get what not going to by meant. So you'll right. know next time to just go. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Same thing with a person that might be in there for a child molestation or whatever. At the, like, at the, know, and do they do they separate? Like they separate oh, everybody in the in the. Session? No, they don't do that. They don't do that. You're in population, but the people that mess with you, they're either. A, well, first of all, let me define the inmate and a convict. A convict has a prison laws where. He is not gonna allow certain things to fly, like uh, you talking to the guards every day. He's not gonna mess with you. He's not gonna talk to you. Oh. A convict is not gonna talk. A real convict is not gonna talk to you. Okay, because okay? we don't know what you're talking about to the guard. Right. A, you can't be talking to us about stuff and talking to the guard. Right. We know everybody's trying to find a way out. You can talk. It's, brave as you want to at night when the doors close so many people are crying mm. them silent cries is coming out and that's something i learned to empower people that's one of the classes that they used to give it wasn't still what it was in vinyl but i learned the language mm-hmm. uh, and it's called silent cry and that's when you don't want to tell anybody something you want to talk you just act out you know what I'm saying? And, and don't nobody know why you're acting out, but that's your side of cry. Okay. Mm-hmm. We know something's wrong. But we don't know what's wrong. But we know why you're acting out. You're hurt. Okay. Wow. So, anyway, um, an inmate, an, in, an inmate is a person that he's just, he, he don't have a care in the world. He's not into the prison thing. He's not taking the seriousness of, the world that he's in, which is just became so dangerous. Mm-hmm. He don't even know. You could lose your life like that. And you don't hear about people getting killed in Stillwater all the time or the other, but they get killed. It's still a prison. People still die. Mm-hmm. You just don't want to be that one. You know what right. I'm saying? So um, I know that when you become an inmate or a convict and you come into the prison system, you have no rights. None. None. Your rights have just been taken away at the gavel. When he sent you to prison, that's when you lost your rights. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, literally. You have rights, but they're not recognized. Right. And told nobody cared. You're mm-hmm. in jail. You're a prisoner. Mm-hmm. Nobody cared. No. You're where you belong. You get what you deserve. And the whole ideology of bad people get exactly what they deserve and you're right where you're at suck it up so i would say i would say so at the time that you were fighting to get out of prison right who would you how would you describe the person that first initiated you Mm -hmm. being released was it was it a convict or was it an inmate right (laughs) it was it i'm gonna say this like 12 years before I was to have gotten out, mm-hmm. 
if you kill somebody else, if you have a life sentence and you kill somebody else in prison, mm-hmm. you can forget it. Right. Don't even talk about it. Just pick out a color, your favorite color, because that's what box you might get buried in. Wow. <laughs> that's if you're fair. Mm-hmm. I've, I've seen this. I've seen families. And I don't care because I'm calling it as I see it. I've seen families not even pick up the body. Whoa. Let the state do whatever, burn them up, whatever. And they take the money and keep the money and spend the money. Wow. Where I've seen us convicts and inmates where we have known of these things and whether it be the girlfriend trying to help put away the disease or whatever, we help out. You know what I'm saying? But that's cold. Mm. That's your family. That's your blood. Right. If you don't want to mess with them, then don't have nothing to do with them. Mm-hmm. Give that title up. Let somebody else take that responsibility. If he has a girlfriend that cares about him, whatever, then let that person handle the business. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you step aside. But you don't have to be. That's foul. Yeah. That's foul. I mean, I couldn't imagine my family doing that. But mm-hmm. I'm saying if they were to do that, and the community would actually get a knowledge of that, they would be upset. Very. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah. I've seen so much in my life in and out of prison that it's it's unreal. Um, yeah. I'm just seriously thinking about writing a book. I'm seriously thinking should. about letting get stories out of take you. it out. Because there's certain things that need to be said. There's certain things yeah. that need to be seen. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many of our youth out there that they have no clue. They talk about these gangster stuff. Boy, you don't know what a gangster is. I will mm-hmm. take you with me for a day and I will see okay. just how much gangster you are. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now I won't hear nothing about you don't want to do it. You scared. You, I'm crazy. I don't want to put you down. Yeah, you told me down. you was a gangster. You told me okay. you was down. Mm-hmm. And you ain't afraid of nothing. So don't start now. Mm-hmm. Suck it up. That's you want right. to be tough. You want to people to know you. You you want all this fame and fortune. And all well, something comes with that. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it's a heavy price. It and is. You know, and you don't want to live it. And you don't want to pay it. You right. can't. You couldn't do the 38 years that I done. Mm-hmm. Because wow. I couldn't do it. Woo. If I didn't do it with God, every day, mm-hmm. every day I woke up, I don't care how angry or whatever I was, mm-hmm. I acknowledged the fact that God was going to see me through that day. That's right. And I always kept, oh, Amen. God's going to make a way out of some way. Mm-hmm. Yes. And on top of that, it's this. Use me. Use me, Lord. Mm-hmm. Help me change. Help me. I can't do it by myself. I don't want to be like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had to surrender it all. And I mean all. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, I wasn't no joke. Mm-hmm. I wasn't no joke. Right. For those of you out there that have kids in prison that was in there with me, I'm going to let you know this. You raised your kid 
from the time he was a child until he came to the penitentiary. Mm-hmm. When he got to the penitentiary, he was mine. Mm-hmm. He was mine because I knew you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of you out there that had kids that came in that Stillwater in the time I was in there. Mm-hmm. And them kids come to me and let me know who their parents was because they looked up to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. My thing was this. As soon as they come to me telling me about, hey, man, give me some dap. That was right on what you did. No, 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 no. You got it twisted. Right. You got me all messed up. Right. No, that wasn't right what I did. No, mm-hmm. that wasn't cool what I did. Look at me. Look yeah. at me. Look look at where I'm at. Look where I can't never go. Mm-hmm. Look where you get another opportunity to go. You better mm-hmm. think about it. You right. better think about how you got to where you're at. Because until you understand how you got to where you're at, you're never going to correct the mistakes. Right. right. You're never going to see anything wrong with it. And you're going to come back. And I'm going to tell you you're coming back. And the people that I told were going to come back. And they come back and they be around me and they do things. They do. If I didn't see them working on change and doing the things that they need to do to make sure that they never came back, I straight up tell them, you'll be back again. Yeah. Right. I'll see you, you again. You, you know them one. You're going to do, you're gonna do a license with me on an installment plan. Mm. Okay. That's how I had to break it down. I had yeah. to talk their language. Right. That's right. Yeah. Installment like, plan. What you don't like women, you keep coming back. Right. So you must don't like women. Right. I go there all. I go there all in the That's minute. right. Come back to see your boo. <laughs> I'm talking about the one that be coming up there in the visiting room, but you be kissing on. Then when you get back in the cell block, you keep on kissing. You know, uh, yeah, I'll set you out. I don't got no problem with it because right. you talk crazy. You talk crazy because you see me. You see me talking to him and all that. And, mm-hmm. Well, look. My girlfriend at the time that I committed my crime with, her little cousin, he's gay. You know what I'm saying? So I knew him on the street when he was a little kid. I didn't even know him, but when I seen him, I was like, well, that little boy got sugar in his pants. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And uh, she'd be like, what? And I'd be like, I know. He's no way he can't be. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, quit talking about my cousin, right? <laughs> he is one of the years, you know what I'm right. saying? So many years later, after I committed my crime, he pops up, right? And I look at him and, he, and, and I say, I know you from somewhere. <laughs> he said, yeah, you should go. Well, my cousin, he said, y'all, this is who I am. And I well, I'm going to tell you like this. I don't play, but I'm going <laughs> to look out for you. I'm not going to let nobody do this, that, whatever, your right. family, you know, that's how I was carrying it. You know what I'm saying? So at, because I was doing this, mm-hmm. he'd be on my basketball team, be on volleyball team, we'd be winning, we'd smash them. And like I said, I'm a trash talker, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like the villain in the league. Right. And so I got everybody. <laughs> Everybody, man, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, they saying stuff. And I'm like, I don't care. I don't okay. care nothing about you talking about I'm gay, this, all that. Nigga, every year that I've been in prison, nigga, I done been with a female, okay? And you don't okay. see me kissing in here and kissing in stuff. You don't see that, okay? You don't right. see no 
them people in my cell hanging out in my cell. No, you don't see it. You don't see me hanging out there. So what you talking about don't mean nothing. I don't care what right. you say. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. Say what you want to say. You know, God <laughs> knows. And that's all I care about. You know what I'm saying? So it is what it is. But you're like, I don't believe. I don't believe you ain't never. You know what? You don't know me. You ain't you never have been. to you be just, in you, you, don't, you, you really don't even know my name. Right. You just heard my name. You don't know mm -hmm. my name because mm -hmm. if you knew my name, then you already know you better shut up. Okay, right. You better <laughs> shut up because when okay. I get tired of you, because I get tired of you, I'm, I'm you gonna shut up. That's all I'm gonna say. Could right. you explain that how, to the viewers? How did you get out early? What was the process, and how did you feel? There is no process because I was jumping loops. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say this quickly, and for those they catch it, catch it, and for those that don't catch it, just keep playing until you catch it, okay? Right. But um, what happened was number one, God. God is what happened. God moved mountains, okay? Just like Pharaoh had a hard heart, I was dealing with the same situation. Mm, mm, okay. Mm. I mean, it's so deep that you're not going to believe what I'm getting ready to say. Uh-oh. Okay? Uh -oh. So for number one, mm -hmm. they I went up for parole. Okay. Okay. The guy that wanted to parole me at the time, he just did not feel comfortable to parole me. At the time, he felt definitely that I deserve another chance mm -hmm. at my freedom because they looked at my whole file from beginning to end, and mm -hmm. it's like, oh boy, it's like night and day. What happened? Mm -hmm. Well, God is what happened, right? Because only what you read in the beginning, what you read in the middle. Would you start reading toward the end? Is you can see, you see the difference. Right. You see change. Mm -hmm. You know, the last seven years, you could really see the change. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They didn't want to believe the change. They seen the change. The first 14 years that I did, I went to the whole 42 times. Wow. Okay, I go up for pro at 17 and a half. Mm -hmm. The commissioner says, how do you get 42 reports in 14 years? Mm -hmm. Do the math. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. It means that not only was I being a hellraiser, it means that I was getting kicked out of the hole. Wow. Because you know, Isaac, it, you was cutting up, Isaac. I, I'm not probably <laughs> like I said, I'm not glorifying it. It's just that the, I was one of Satan's best soldiers at that time. Right. Okay, so the sky was the limit. I just didn't care. Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna put out it. I didn't care. I, whatever what I thought, that's what I said. I don't mm -hmm. care if it was good or if it was bad. Mm -hmm. it's, just, it's just how I was living. That's just mm -hmm. where I was at in my life, you know, and it was bad. It was all bad, you know. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I fooled around. 
and uh, I told the administration, I don't care what you do, what you say, mm -hmm. but you're going to respect me. Mm. I'm going to make you respect me. Mm. I'm, I'm not going to be good unless I have a reason to be good. Because you're going to stop talking to me the way you're talking to me. You're going to stop treating me the way you treat me. And you're going to stop judging me the way you're judging me. Because I'm going to let you know right now, how you treat me is how I'm going to treat you. How you talk right. to me is how I'm going to talk to you. Okay? And that's just the end of it. So when you stop, I'm going to stop. Right. We're going to have a good day. It, it's a good day right now. Unless you want to make it a bad day. Mm -hmm. So I'm letting you know right now, if you start, I'm going to finish it anytime. Mm -hmm. And I'll be waiting for you tomorrow when you get here for work. That's wow. what I was on. Yeah. You know, I would initiate it. I would initiate it so much that it was like the guards in the hole would tell the guards and sell about, leave them alone. Right. You come back here. You come back here and spend some time with him. That's how bad I was. Mm. <laughs> I mean, when, when everybody was sleeping, I was up. Okay. In the daytime, I was up. I got used to sleeping three and four hours days. You know what wow. I'm saying? So if you gave me 90 days, I was going to drive you for 90 days. Mm. If you gave me 60 days, I was going to drive you. Whatever what you gave me, I was going to drive you. Mm. And believe me, I knew what to say and what to do to yeah. drive you. I will find out what your core issues is so quick. I'll better the psychologist. <laughs> You know, and that's all I, I took like that. because because at, at 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 school, I mean, when I went to try to go to college and go to school, like my first four years, uh -huh. they wouldn't let me. I was taking like five, six credit courses. Mm -hmm. I get all the way to the week of my exam, and they would set me up. I go yeah. home. I would lose, but I would get out. I would get out. I was I was a fighter. Wow. I would start all over. You see what I'm saying? Okay, right. I would make it that quarter through because mm -hmm. I wouldn't go for the little goofy goo. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I suck mm -hmm. it up and I let them say what they wanted to say. And I, you're not going to mess me up this time. Forget my six grades. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was, I was, all my psychology, it's crazy. All my psychology courses, mm -hmm. God allowed me to make it through. I got A's and B pluses in all my psychology okay. classes, and I took like about five or six psychology classes, right? Mm -hmm. So um, once I was done with my psychology classes, I was cool. I didn't care if I didn't never take another college courses. I understood people, understood why they do what they do. Mm -hmm. So in doing that, plus the books I was reading, I started. With, I've always been into my culture. Always questioned how Tarzan could whoop the whole village before they even started talking about it in the sixties, mm -hmm. trying to use it in a militant movement. So I was a kid, I was figuring this out. Okay. How can one person beat everybody looks like me? Because I ain't going for it. You see what I'm saying? So if mm -hmm. I ain't going for it, how is he going for it? You right. see what I'm saying? So I knew something was wrong with history as a oh, child. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, why are we standing up for pledges of allegiance? 
Well, I don't even know what they did with colors and flag me. So what am I saying? I'm talking about I pledge allegiance to this flag. I don't know nothing about this flag. Right. That's what I'm on. I go home and I ask my mom, what does red, white, blue mean? She can't tell me. <laughs> I, all my life, do the books in the library. Right. For what does red, white, blue mean? And I know it don't mean nothing good. Because if it did mean something good, you'd be so proud to tell me in kindergarten. Right. <laughs> oh, that's I right. could ask somebody right now on the ear, tell me what real, white, and blue means. Right. You'll give me your version. You'll give me the version that they gave you. Mm -hmm. But the real version, you won't even come close. You won't even touch it. And if people knew what red, white, and blue meant, really meant, they they claim how can you be an American when God already made you who he made you? Mm -hmm. He didn't came from who you came from. And it's not gonna reverse. Anything right. God does, it doesn't reverse. It's done. Yeah. So this is man. This country is named after a person, Americano Vasco. Mm -hmm. It's in the dictionary. All you gotta do is look up the name. It will tell mm -hmm. you that this country was named in this honor. If this country is named in honor, how am I going to be an African-American? <laughs> Africa ain't even the name of that continent, if you want to be technical. Right. You got to do your homework. Okay. So what I did was, um, the whole time I was in there, I studied my history. Mm -hmm. Not just my history, but all history. Everybody's history. So I could see where the division came from. Who conquered who, who don't like who, and never will. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? You have to know these things. You just can't say, well, why do these people act this way? Why do these you have to know what them as a people went through? Everybody is not in accord with being forgiving, all the way forgiving. Because everybody says that they're all the way forgiving, it's only because you don't know the truth. Right. If you don't know something, you can't feel about it. Okay? So, the person that this country is named after, he was a, a um, Italian explorer, and he was a navigator. Okay? And that's who this country was. Christopher Columbus used his name. Right. To honor all the Americas, everything that was conquered by the conquistadors, everything that was renamed under the Spaniard flag, mm -hmm. okay, first, before American, the British got involved and corrupted more, and I don't care, it's history, you can read it. It is what it is. If you don't like it, then do something about it and change the laws and the histories of this land because they're not for no minorities. If you go and really read your history, you will see we're not still today in 2022 free. Right. Okay. If you really want to know your history and you really dig into your history, you'll see that you're still to this day considered as cargo. Right. Everybody got a number. Yeah. You got a social security number? Okay? Mm -hmm. Everybody got a number. 
So you better wake up. Okay. Wake are up. you are you are you teaching right now at um currently at Jimmy Lee? Are you teaching the youth? No, well, this is what I do. I and those of me that are like me, we know that certain information everybody's not ready. Everybody can handle the truth. Mm-hmm. Everybody just can't handle the truth. And you know they can't have the truth because when they hear it and you show it to them and you allow them to read it and study it for themselves, come to their own conclusion, and they're still in denial about the facts. Mm. We're talking about what somebody made up and wrote. We're talking about the facts, Mm -hmm. how it is, and they still deny it. They're unconscious. They won't stay unconscious because it just to be conscious hurts. Mm-hmm. To be fooled and tricked into believing something that you believed in all your life, and you come to find out that it's a lie, right? So stupid. But you can't really feel stupid because you didn't know, mm, right? You see, you can't be stupid because you don't know something. Mm-hmm. You don't know. You just don't know, right? It makes you ignorant to the fact of not knowing. Not knowing. Okay. Once you know and you don't do better. Then I call you stupid. I call you stupid because you know you have knowledge, but you're not applying it. So you can never turn into any kind of wisdom for anybody. Mm -hmm. Okay. So my mom always told me you can learn a lot from a damn fool, and you can. Yeah. Because you can watch him just keep making mistakes, the same mistakes over and over again. You'd be like, duh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. But um, what I want what what I want your audience to know, and this is for their children, not only for their children, for themselves, stuff that you need to know in life. You need to know who you are, first of all, so that you can love the skin you in. Mm. Okay, because everybody don't like the skin they in. They want to be something else. Yeah. Oh man, I got a niece. She wants to be a Mexican. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She don't want to be black. She want to be oh. a Mexican. You're not black anyway, <laughs> dummy. <laughs> I done told you about that word. I done told you about the history of that. And you still refuse to talk about for why yourself. Did she, why does she you, pick Mexican? Because she's caramel brown. And that's the closest thing. But she doesn't understand. We all are one. Like I tell her, I said, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you and your audience just a glimpse of something. And I want you to go check it out. I want, I don't never want you to believe anything I say. I want you to go and investigate. Not just me, everything anybody tells you. That's where they get the information from. If they can't tell you, eh, why are you listening? That's their story. Mm-hmm. Right. That ain't the story. Right. That's their story. So right. let them go for what they know. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I forgot. I just lost my train of thought. What was I saying? Just before I said that. Um, love the skin you're in. Love the skin you're in. Yeah. Yeah. It would loving the skin you're in. First of all, what you have to know is you have to know who you are. You have to know where you came from. People be talking about, I don't care about that. That's his, that's old stuff. 
This is where I'm at today. Wait a minute. How do you think you got to where you are today? Because you're so yeah. smart. So you tell me how you got to where you're at today. Because mm. people did what? Okay? okay? When you find out what people did what, right. and you can say why you're here, then we, we, can, we can talk about some real deep stuff. Okay. When you're ready for that, okay? Right. Well, for number one, it's like this. You are who your ancestors are. If you deny who your ancestors are, you're ashamed of yourself. If you're ashamed of yourself, you're nobody. And you won't ever be anybody until you know and take your rightful place as a, as a man. A, a man of God, a woman of God. You, but you gotta know who you are. Mm -hmm. you well, we are, are, we, we, we are, um, we have like maybe what, like five more minutes left. Probably not let, that. Let, <laughs> let, let, let me rattle these, these these names, these books off right quick. Okay. Um, for those of you that want to get conscious, want to know the truth, mm -hmm. I have three books that I've studied for all my life. Okay. Uh, well, I'm not going to say all my life. But I'm going to say for 38 years and then as long as they've been in print since 73, some of them. Um, the first one is called Black Man of Denial. Okay. You definitely want to get that because that definitely gives you your history as a, as a people from back in the beginning to now. Also, what they never taught you in history class is another book. My favorite book is um, Now Valley Contributions to Civilization by Anthony Browder. Mm -hmm. okay. That's my main book that I really learned a lot from. Um, with just those three books, if you read those three books, study those three books, and those three books are like this. You just don't read them and it's over and no. You gotta See, go back and read. You just open. You just opened up a start. Okay. Okay. Now you gotta do your homework. Mm -hmm. Okay. But when you do your homework, can't nobody tell you anything because you know what you know because you did the research. Right. So that's why I say, don't listen to what people say. Get their information and go check it out and see if they know what they're talking about. Then see if the author of their book. If it's not a person of color that looks like you, you better put it down. Because can't nobody tell me about me today ain't none of me. Right. I'm kidding about your survey and all this. I don't care about that. It doesn't mean anything. Right. Okay, so I'm done with that because we, we, we got short and we got to do this. Thank you. We got to do this. What do you want to end on? With um, uh, I'm letting the people how if someone wants to reach out to you or what you have currently going on since you've been released. Well, for number one, um, I'm giving a a family event at my Oliver Church on next Saturday. This Saturday coming up on What's January the date? 16th. January 16th at six to seven. July. Um, July 16th. Yeah, six to seven on time. Okay. <laughs> okay. Our people time, but on time. Right. Those of us that have been in prison, you know, if you don't get in time, you get in trouble. If you ain't right. on time, you go to the hole. Okay. Right. They get you and make right. sure next time you understand where you're supposed to be at. Right. So, all those that are supposed to be there, be there, be square. 
You know what I'm saying? This ain't for everybody. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. But for those that are conscious, you definitely can get some more growth. Definitely some more knowledge and some wisdom. And I'm going to talk about my life. I'm going to talk about me. I'm going to get my testimony where God has brought me from and where I'm at right now. Okay. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. You are welcome. appreciate you. <laughs> yeah. I definitely had fun and like I said, whenever we can do this again, um, we can do this. Um, I'll be more organized, you know, yeah. since so I can hit round right. down the line because it is so much. It is you a lot. So much. Yes. Hey, Isaac Brown, y'all. Meet the show. Thank Peace. you. Thank you.